Welcome back to the Risk Report with Roman the Stoic. It is episode number 40. Yeah. Can you believe that, guys? Episode number 40. All right? And in this journey of episodes of the podcast, (coughs) I've become a distinguished man over here with the mustache, right? (coughs) Smoking on the tobacco pipe. And uh, just giving y'all a good vibe, right? A little, little bit of a good vibe when you come in here. Um, yeah, I hope you guys are doing great. I hope you guys had a good fucking uh, 420, a little bit of holidays, you know what I'm talking about? I'm back. All right, I'm back. It's been a while. I know it took a long time because I was outside walking my dog and he wouldn't fucking take his shit. I know he wanted the shit, all right? I know he really, really wanted to take a fucking dump because he was in here. I was getting ready for the podcast, right? I was talking about in the last podcast, I got an OCD and shit. And so I'm here doing my OCD things, right? Is this right here? Is this over here? I got everything, right? I'm getting everything ready. I'm writing down what little little things I want to talk about, this and that. And he's over there here. You know, he's doing his little, his little fucking... Yeah, what what do you call that? A little sighing, but for for a fucking dog, right? He's, right? He's like telling me something. Something's up. Something's up. So I go, what the fuck? All right. So take him out. Uh, we had already taken him out in the morning, right? They go out at seven in the morning. They go out to potty. Um, but my girl told me he didn't poop, so. I took him out again, and the dude was taking 20 minutes. He starts playing. He starts running around. He's fucking going everywhere except doing what he needs to do. And it's like, yo, dog, I got shit to do, okay? Today, you know, I have most of the day off. Later, I have a skate lesson and all that. But today's my day off. Today's my day to do the podcast comfortably. You know what I mean? Um, Not rushed or anything like that. But this dog, he just fucks around so much. He constantly playing he loves to play which is fine that's what dogs do right but uh it took damn near 15 minutes for him to fucking poop you know he had to go everywhere he pissed maybe three four times different spots he's smelling something for a good two minutes walking away from it Uh, he's just uh, the the guy's all over the place um but yeah, I was like, come on, dude, I got to get in here. I'm excited to do the podcast. I feel like I haven't really been doing the podcast as much. I've been wanting to get more people on here is what I want to do. But, you know, it's hard with everybody's schedule and, and my schedule at the same time. You know, I thought I'd have a little more time because I'm able to upload these pretty consistently. <clears throat> but what it is is that I do these in the morning. I do these in the middle of the day or whenever I want, really. But they're usually in the morning. I, I usually just get them out of the way, and then I, I do everything else. Um, so for me to have somebody 
come sit down, do the podcast. That's going to be a whole different thing, you know, with them having to kind of work around and plan as to, you know, when they're going to get in here. But I know we're going to get some fucking, some dope people in here. Um, uh, all right. Yeah. Moving on. This mustache. You know what? This mustache, I'm digging it. My girl's fucking digging it, which has surprised me the most. What's fun, what the funniest part is that the dog fucking loves it, right? Miss Bailey, the little Bailey girl. Oh my God, this dog fucking loves this mustache, man. When I shaved, she just kept looking at me, looking at me, coming over, jumping on top of me, would start licking my face and shit. It's so funny, dude. It's fucking hilarious how much she it's, it's it's visible how much she likes this fucking um this mustache. It's hilarious. Um you know if it's like uh, that family guy episode where Stewie dresses up as a girl and Brian's like, "How do you feel, Stewie?" and he's like, "I feel right, Brian. I feel right." <laughs> that's that's how I feel about the mustache. I feel right, Brian. Um, yeah, man, I didn't think it would actually look halfway as decent as what it does. And you know what, what really adds to it is the hair, the hair for sure. You know, good hair, a good clean haircut. Shout out to Crooked Finger at Uncommon Uncommon Barber. (coughs) (coughs) That'll go a long way for a good mustache. (coughs) You know, I had grown the fucking beard, right? That's what it was, really, is I grew this crazy fucking unruly lumberjack, uneven-ass beard just to see what I could grow. How does my how does my fucking hair grow, right? I'm a 27-year-old guy, been growing facial hair since probably high school, right? But but I never could get the sides too well, right? I could get I could get a good beard going with the sides, but it's not like I have this really thick side, you know, it kind of, it, it gets patchy. And over time, when you grow the beard, the patches kind of, you know, get combed over by other hair. But for the most part, there's a, there's a couple patches, you know, in the sides of my face where I have like real thick, thick hair, uh, facial hair is my, my chin, basically the goatee area, the mustache and the chin area. And so I grew the fucking beard just to see wh- how does my hair grow? How does my facial hair grow? And maybe what would work the best, you know, with with my face. And I've had the idea for the mustache. It's just a difficult one to execute because it's like it's fucking, hey, you know, mustaches have that stereotype of being creepy or this or that. Or they could be hard as fuck, you know what I mean? So you never really know until you fucking try it. And I, th- I think, you know. I'll probably shave it off at some point, but I think it's hilarious that, um, you know, my girl actually likes it and I've been, I've been asking her pretty much every night, Hey, should I shave this? I'm about to go work with some kids. I don't want to look like a fucking creep. Should I shave this mustache? No, no, you're fine. You're fine. It looks good. It looks good. And so it's fucking, even tonight we're, we're about to go have dinner tonight with her sister and her, and her sister's boyfriend. Um, and I'm like, you know, should I fucking shave it? And she's like, no, keep that shit. <laughs> oh, you should have seen her jump on me that night, the day I fucking shaved it. It was incredible. It was hilarious. Um, 
Yeah, it feels right, man. <laughs> but yeah, I got my skate lesson later. I'm excited for that. And then that's about it. Then we're going to go to uh, dinner with her sister and her, her sister's boyfriend. I want to take them to this Puerto Rican spot. They want to go to this other spot. But it's near the Puerto Rican restaurant. So we'll see what they want to do. Um, it should be a good night. Right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dress up nice and fancy. You, you probably, I might bring this fucking pipe out, right? Might bring the fucking <laughs> the wooden pipe out. Uh, embarrass my girl, right? Who the fuck is this sailor guy? Who's Popeye? What's Popeye doing here, right? Um, yeah, that Puerto Rican spot. If you haven't gone to, uh, this place called Cabana on Atlantic Ave. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Plates are big, right? Plates are big. Prices are right for, for the amount of size and, and the amount of food that you get. Um, you could totally split it with a girl, right? The food, you could kind of order like one or two dishes and split that. The, they have this appetizer where it's like a tray of, I think, five different, you know, five different foods. God, it's fucking incredible. Whoever's cooking back there is just tremendous. Um, yeah, El Cabana, La Cabana. I don't I always forget. I know it's got Cabana in the fucking name. And it's, uh, you know, that, that Boricua restaurant, baby, right on Atlantic. Um, my favorite place on Atlantic by far. And every time I always think of going there. But I don't. I end up going somewhere else to, to eat. I get a little pissed after because I'm always like, you know what? For the fucking price that I just spent, I could have fucking been a king at Cabana. And it would have been better. Um, what else is going on this weekend? This weekend, I think I might have found my new spot. You know, I'm, I'm turning into such a old man. Yeah. Turning into an oh 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 old man. I'm I'm gonna start going to Duffy's to watch all the fights. Can you believe that? My old ass is going to Duffy's. My old ass and the mustache going to Duffy's <laughs> to watch the fucking fights. All right, I walk I walked into the Duffy's right next to the apartment. We go there for the for the Jake Paul fight, which we were disappointed about. But I see they got the the you know all the UFC fights as well on there, and so um, I think that's where we're going. You know, my girl wasn't too thrilled about going there for the fight, but I think it's the best. You get the bar's big, uh, it's spacious. You also got booths. Um, we can sit there, fucking eat and drink and chill, right? And chill and sit and watch a mo- uh, watch the fights, right? Um, when you go out to these bars and shit to watch these fights. You know, I'm always standing for like several fucking hours or doing this or that. And, and you know how people get out here in the fights and shit. They get fucking rowdy. People think they watch a couple rounds, they could throw a fucking spinning back fist. They can't do dick, bro. You know, these fucking, these fucking alcoholics out here. <laughs> um, yeah, Masvidal versus Usman. All right, Miami. Game bread, baby. Against the welterweight champion. This guy has defended, you know, Kamaru Usman has defended this fucking championship or this belt <clears throat> several times. Several times. And we saw what happened in the first one, right? I hope. Um, 
But you know what? Masvidal went all five rounds with him. So we got to give Masvidal that. All right? We got to give Masvidal the fact that he went all five rounds with Kamaru Usman. Heavy, right? He put the pressure on him. He didn't win those rounds. He won maybe the first round. But Kamaru Usman is a, you know, he's the champ because that man is so, you know, he's like dead focused when he's fighting. You see him, it's almost like he's almost like rigid and stiff. He's like a robot almost when he's fighting, right? And he's very flat footed, I've noticed. Um, very centered. And he can really just like, I don't know what it is. Just adapt to whatever the fuck is going on really well. And he can eat shots like a motherfucker. My goodness, dude. My goodness. You imagine? So And so can uh, Jorge Masvidal. And from that first fight, they both ate and took shots like crazy. Um, so we'll see. You know, my, my, my prediction would be if Masvidal, if Jorge Masvidal can put an early stoppage to him, then obviously it's going to be him. You know, if he goes the distance again, it's going to be Usman. You know, it's going to be Usman. Usman knocked out, uh, was it Burns? Viciously a couple months ago. That was his last fight, right? Viciously knocked this man out. Like destroyed this fucking guy. Um... Same thing in the fight, really adapted to whatever the fuck was going on. This guy was coming out like swinging bombs, man. You did not want to get hit by this guy, Burns. <clears throat> so it's going to be interesting. You know, if you look at their stats here, let me see here. I think I've got it pulled up. Uh, tail of the tape. Kumaro Usman is three years the younger. Um, he is three inches higher. He's three inches taller. So Masvidal's my height. He's five foot nine. Kamaru Usman is six foot tall. So, you know, there's definitely going to be a reach advantage. Uh, Masvidal has a 74 inch reach, and Kamaru Usman has a 76 inch reach. So, two inches, not too much, but, you know, but I think that height difference really does make a difference. Um, Kamaru Usman's just this way more like just, you know, that his build is, is, is crazy. And he's fast for what he is, you know, for, for that build, too. Um, the, the how do you call it? The, the endurance, the muscular endurance that that guy has is is tremendous. Um, and you could tell in the first fight that Jorge Masvidal got gassed out immediately, right? Not not immediately, but after that first, end, ends of the first round, gassed. Because he had put so much, he knew that he, he you got to knock this guy out. You know, you got to fucking, this is the way to do it, dude. To take this guy's belt is you got to knock him out. Because if you go the distance with this guy, he's going to win. He's like Khabib. He's like Khabib in that sense. And he's re, he's got a good wrestling, um, Kamaru Usman. But Jorge Masvidal, you know, the way he defended, you know, he, he did have him pinned down a lot. Kamaru Usman, he had this thing, right, where he would fucking grab your fucking legs and you know, sit on top of your legs and have your legs spread out like you're sitting. It's a tough spot to get out of when you have this 170-pound fucking gorilla of a man. Um, yeah, controlling you on the ground like that. That's tough. Um, 
you know, not that I have any fucking experience in training or anything like that, but when I fought, those were always the, you know, those were the more difficult fights was when I was a, somebody weighing 125, maybe 130, <clears throat> going against someone that was weighing 180 and having them try and wrestle me down and pin me down. That was the toughest in a fight is when you have somebody bigger, you know, really just putting all their weight on you. That's tough. That's gassing. You know, it takes takes a lot out of the tank. Um, do I want to see Jorge Masvidal win? Fuck yeah. That is my, uh, you know, that's who I would want to win. All right? That's who I'm rooting for. Nothing against Usman, right? He's a tremendous, tremendous champion. And, and it's crazy that he's always the underdog in every fight. He's always the underdog. And he's a fucking world champ. He's a world champ. <coughs> so do I want to see Masvidal win? <coughs> Hell yeah. Do I want to, <coughs> excuse me. Do I want to see Miami turn in the fuck up when Masvidal wins? <coughs> Jesus, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I want to see Miami turn up when Masvidal wins. It'd be awesome. And Masvidal has said if he wins, <coughs> he's going to give him a shot back at the title. He's going to give Kamaru Usman a shot back at the title. If he wins, if Masvidal wins, he's going to give him a shot at the title. Um, and there'll be a, a trilogy. If Usman, if Usman wins, nothing changes for Usman. Masvidal, you know, so, we'll see what happens. Um, I know he's a, he's a good sport about everything. You've seen it, right, in his, in his fights and everything. He's a good sport about it. But this guy, you know, at the same time, Masvidal is hungry, all right? This could be Masvidal's last chance at this title. <clears throat> um, or, or it might be one of his only last chances, right? But it's getting close to it. Um, and he deserves it, man. He's been fighting since a teenager in street fights and everything. He's been... Chasing this dream, you know, obviously he's been a star in this last couple of years, but most of it, he, to this, this guy, Jorge Masvidal, is the epitome of taking the long road, you know, working everything out and, and taking your time with things and being dedicated. And this is what it gets you, longevity, you know, this is why he's a 36 year old man still fucking knocking out heads, you know what I mean? At 36, you know, when did he really, really start popping off was when he knocked out Ben Askren. How old was he, 34, 33? He had been fighting since like 17, 16 probably, right? It's a long road. People don't see that. People don't see the the long road that having a professional career in anything takes, you know? People just see the end result. People just see the guy at the top. Right, you don't see what it took to get there, and that's also to Kamaru Usman. Right, he's a he's a tough guy for a reason. He's the toughest fucking guy for a reason. In my honest opinion, in my honest opinion, I think Kamaru Usman's gonna win. Does it hurt my heart? Yes, a little bit for sure. 
I want to see Jorge Masvidal fucking win. Um, Jorge Masvidal's chance is going to be to knock this guy out. TKO him. Maybe, maybe even submit him. I could see him submitting him. But he's got to catch him. He can't go the he can't go the distance with this guy. Five rounds, way too fucking much. Five rounds is way too fucking much. <clears throat> Twenty-five full minutes of this of these guys. Hitting hard, boy. Hitting hard. Clinching each other. Man, Usman was also fucking just stomping on this guy's feet. You know what I mean? It, it looks silly. It looks dumb. But that hurts, okay? You're getting fucking this guy's giant fucking feet. I don't know if you guys have seen this man's feet. Have you looked at his fucking feet when he's fighting? Um, he's got these fucking fat ass, like almost like pillows at the end of at the end at the bottom of his feet, bro. You know, he got these, he got these fucking, you know, snowshoes or something, bro. He got some padding on his fucking feet. <clears throat> and to see that guy just bah, bah. Bah, constantly, you know, it's funny, whatever, adrenaline's probably kicking in, don't hurt that bad, but dude, you're getting the top, the tip of his heel, that's gonna hurt, that's gonna hurt at the top of your foot, everything, all, all these little shots that, that people don't fucking think hurt, it hurts, bro, a jab, a jab right to the fucking nose, instant watery eyes, <laughs> instantly, it, it probably, even if it doesn't hurt, even if you don't feel it, it's just a little jab, Hits the button, instantly watery eyed, right? Um, and, and all the and then what's really fucking uh, dominating this, like this particular whatever you could say, the move of the year. The move of the year is definitely um, the low kicks, the calf kicks, and the fucking thigh kicks. All right, taking out somebody's fucking leg, constant. Right, you gotta hit it right. Those kicks always scare me because ever since seeing Anderson Silva um, pull up, you know, against I forget who it was, but he tried to leg kick, hit it in the wrong spot. The other guy checked the kick, hit it in the wrong spot. By the time he turned, you know, his foot fucking hit the ground. His foot was broken in half. His leg was broken in half, and he like fell back. Horrible, horrible injury, dude. Scarring injury. All right, to see that. To see that live, <laughs> fuck that, right? So these guys, they take tremendous punishment, tremendous punishment each fucking night. I'd rather get punched in the face than fucking get my leg kicked in, get my fucking, you know, shots, get my fucking rib broken. I'd rather get punched in the face, right? Um. So yeah, anyways, I'm getting all off topic. I'm going crazy. Do I want to see Masvidal win? Yes. Do I think Usman's going to win? Yes. But like I said, you know, you never know. You never know with, with Masvidal. Um, and, and, but you always know with Usman. <coughs> Ain't that tough. You never know with Masvidal. You always know with Usman. So we'll see what the fuck happens. Either way, I'm excited. It's going to be a tremendous fight. Um, I want Florida to win, baby. I want uh, Jorge to win, baby. That's what, you know, he deserves it. He totally deserves this fucking title. Um, and so does Usman. You know, nothing against either of them. 
Um, I think deep down they respect each other. That's what I think. You know, I think deep down, even though it's a seri- there's a bit of tension, there's a bit of seriousness there, these guys are warriors. You know, at the at, in their souls, they are warriors. And, um, you know, to, to test your warrior spirit against another warrior spirit like this is, is, this is what it's about. This is what it's about. I'm excited about this one. They got to respect each other down to that deep level. And, and also the fact that they're going to make each other millions of dollars. (laughs) That's got to respect, huh? That's got to bring respect as you guys fucking make millions of dollars together. Um, we also have, let's see how many fights. <coughs> All right, so we're going to have all times are Eastern. Looks like <clears throat> tomorrow, 10 p.m. Oh, my God. Tomorrow, 10 p.m., Jacksonville Arena. Watch on pay-per-view or at the Duffy's near you. <laughs> um, first first match looks like it's going to be a light heavyweight bout. Anthony Smith versus Jimmy Crute. Um. The second fight's going to be a middleweight bout between Uriah Hall and Chris Weidman. That's going to be a real good one. Uh, and then we have the women flyweight title bout after that. It's going to be v- Valentina Shevchenko versus Jessica Andrada. Um, and then we're also going to have a woman strawweight co-main event. So that's going to be right before the Kamaru Usman versus Masvidal. And it's going to be uh, Welty Zhang. Versus Rose Namahunas. All right. <clears throat> so we got two two women bouts in there. One of them being a title bout. And it's weird that uh, the title bout isn't the the flyweight title bout isn't the co-main. That's a little weird. Um. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for this fucking fight, man. I'm always excited to watch Masvidal fight. Who's not? Who's not? But those are my predictions. You know, if if Masvidal can do it, he can do it. He'll knock him out or submit him or some TKO him something. That's what he's got to do. I I could see that happening. I could. I'll say this. I'll I'll say 60, 60 Usman forty. Uh, 40 Masvidal. That's that's the percentage that I think. It could go either way. I always give the fight kind of either way, but I'm going to give it give Usman a little bit more on this one. <clears throat> Even though I want to fucking put all my money on Masvidal. All right. We're going to go over some reporting. Um, got a couple news stories here we're going to go over, so we're going to check that out. All right, Smithsonian Magazine. Looks like they put out an article. It says, highly invasive jumping worms have spread to 15 states. Hide your kids, hide your wives, because there's jumping worms all over out here. Okay? The intervertebrate depletes topsoil of nutrients and makes it difficult for fungi and plants to grow. This little fucker is sucking it dry, basically. Um, the highly invasive jumping worm uh, genus introduced from Eastern Asia now, now writhes within the topsoil of more than a dozen states in the Midwest. 
After jumping worms feed their insatiable appetites, they leave behind loose, granular soil, the texture of coffee grounds, so they're shitting everywhere. This altered soil can no longer retain moisture, lacks nutrients, and quickly erodes, jeopardizing gardens and forests and ecosystems. Crazy, a little fucking worm could do that. Uh, Jumping worms may have been brought to North America in the 19th century with plants and other imported horticulture and agricultural materials. Since then, the worms have spread, and as of 2021, the invaders can be found in Wisconsin, Missouri, Illinois, Iowa, Minnesota, Nebraska, Ohio, Texas, Louisiana, Indiana, Kansas, Indiana, and Kentucky, Tennessee, and Oklahoma. Why'd they fucking put Indiana like four times? Uh, These are also all the places that tune into the podcast, so thank you for that. Uh, The invasive worm resembles the more common European nightcrawler, but is slightly smaller, brownish color rather than the pink, appears sleeker and smoother. Um, The segmented invertebrates are also known as Asian jumping worms, crazy worms, Alabama jumpers, (laughs) and snake worms. As their various names suggest, the worms thrash and snap their bodies intensely like rattlesnakes when touched or held. So they're just worms. They're just regular fucking worms that we see. Those little fucking squirmy fucking worms with the, you know what I mean? They look like a, a like a dog's little red rocket. Look like a look like a dog just fucking up and lost his dick, and it's like you know, <laughs> and squirming around. That's what those little fucking worms look like. They look like little dogs, red rockets that are out here trying to explore the fucking galaxy. Um. Yeah, well, I don't know what to say. You know, what do you say about that? You know what I always say about um, about invasive, invasive species and how humans are trying to control invasive species that are supposed to be hurting the ecosystem? You know what I say? What about us? We got, we got control, population control for every fucking species, Right? Because they fucking ruined the environment of supposedly. Look how invasive this fucking worm is. This worm is fucking up our gardens that we made here to make money that fucks up the gardens anyways, right? Fucks up the ecosystem here anyways, right? Humans are the most invasive fucking species on the planet. That's why it blows my mind. You know, like here in in Florida, we got this big problem with the iguanas, right? And I say it in air quotes because, you know, they say it's got these harsh uh, environmental, uh, you know, things that happen that these fucking iguanas are completely out overrun. They're eating this and that. They're fucking shitting everywhere. Whatever the fuck they want to say that it's hurting the environment, they're pinning it on these fucking iguanas because they say they're invasive. And so people go out here, they collect them or kill them or whatever, right? It's like, dude, we, and look at us, and we're fucking driving, you know, uh, something that runs petrol. We're fucking burning all these fumes. Um, we're just a fucking crazy cancer. And we can't seem to look at ourselves in the mirror and realize that, hey, we're the most invasive fucking species on the planet and everything else is from the planet so how is it invasive 
to what it is from, right? Obviously, these were these worms were from Asia and they traveled over here because of humans, right? But at the end of the day, it's because of humans. All right, I'm going to move past that. <laughs> Smithsonian and the jumping worms, which are honestly just regular fucking worms. They look like to me, I thought, ooh, jumping worms, what are those, right? Fucking dumb. All right, ex-UFC fighter Rob Broton sentenced to eight years in jail after acting as an enforcer for a drug ring. Wow. Um, former UFC heavyweight Rob Broton will be spending the next eight and a half years in prison after he was sentenced in the UK for his role in a drug ring that involved millions in cash and cocaine. According to the Liverpool Echo, Broton was arrested in connection with a criminal ring run by brothers Alan and John Tobin, who reportedly supplied huge amounts of drugs to various gangs around England. While their primary business was cocaine, the drug ring also dealt in heroin, cannabis, and ketamine. <clears throat> Broughton was convicted after he served as the muscle and the enforcer for the Tobin brothers. He transported large amounts of cash and collected debts from people who owed them money. Broughton has moved an estimated $30 million in cash, over $41 million. Oh, those are 40, 30 million pounds in cash, which equal to 41 million U.S. dollars, while also lending out his services to Anthony uh, and Leon Cullen, who led heavily armed drug gang in England. Um, the drug ring ran between 2016 and 2020. Police finally stopping the massive shipment of cocaine reportedly valued at around 20 million pounds. While Broton didn't have uh, direct interaction with the drugs, he did enforce unpaid debts as well as move money around for the drug ring. Broton confessed to his role in, uh, in the drug running operation, but despite his attorney's best efforts to classify his crimes as money laundering, the judge in the case did not agree. So what did they what did they sentence him? Ultimately, Broughton was sentenced to eight year eight and a half years under Judge Garrett Byrne, adding, "I've I've no doubt you have a keen sense of letting your family down, damn, and I hope when you're released you have their best interest uppermost in your mind." Broughton fought in the UFC three times between 2010 and 2011 while earning a one to two record overall. He did not do very good. He lasted. Uh, he last competed in 2015 after spending much of his career training out of the legendary Wolf Slayer Gym, which is the same academy where notable fighters such as Quentin Rampage Jackson and Czech Congo previously called home. So big, big heavyweights and light heavyweights over there in that gym. Well, that guy didn't do too good, and it looks like he probably it's probably because his mind was elsewhere, right? He's, you know, he was into doing other things, and that guy was an enforcer for a gang. Um, pretty crazy, pretty crazy story. I thought he was more of a UFC fighter than that. He only fought three times. <clears throat> All right, R.I.P. to Shock G. Um. Crazy, huh? Shock G dead at 57. 
He didn't look it either. He didn't look 57, man. I wonder what he died from. Did he die from an overdose too? Oh, no, that's just sad, man. That's just sad. Crazy, man. I guess we'll find out why he died. You know, this is pretty recent news. <clears throat> and he was in... Um, I feel like he was in fucking... Uh, a couple documentaries recently, talking and stuff. Um, all right, Shock G, famous for Digital Underground's hit song, The Humpty Dumpty Dance, and his work with Tupac Shakur is dead. The rap legend was found dead Thursday in a hotel room in Tampa, according to his father, Edward Racker. We're told the cause of death is unclear, but there were no signs of trauma, Shock's father says. Authorities will conduct an autopsy. Shock G was the lead singer for the pioneering hip-hop group Digital Underground, and he acts and he gets into character as his alter ego, Humpty Hump. Yeah. Shakti was born and raised on the East Coast, but he eventually settled in Oakland where he formed Digital Underground in the late 1980s with Chopmaster J and Kenneth Water. Yeah. Wow. RIP to him and, and condolences to the family and everything. And, you know, crazy, man. Crazy. It probably was drugs or, you know, maybe health-related issues. Um, died April 22nd, 2021 in, in Tampa. It's a shame, man. And he looked, he looked like a healthy guy, you know, for his age, for being almost 60 years old. He, he had a good look to him. Just sad, man. You know, we just lost we just lost D, uh, DMX and you know a couple skaters as well, um, a couple legends, man. People and and it's I gotta tell you, it's all people around their fifties. I don't know what's you know. Lord knows what's going on. Right? It could be drugs. What I what I really think is is that, you know, you get older, the body just, you know, it doesn't. It's like a car, you know. Our our, our bodies are like cars, and it's like the the more wear and tear we got, the food that we put into it, everything over time, you know, we just stops working. And so you had, you know, years of substance abuse and this and that, and we know we don't know. It's all, all unclear as to if how he passed. My what I probably think it is 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 
like the DMX thing, it's definitely drugs. And then it's also probably underlying health factors. You know, if, if you guys, if you're still doing Coke and a bunch of stuff and, and kind of crazier drugs at 50 in your fifties, body's not going to be able to handle <clears throat> too much of that, you know, you know, so RIP to him and condolences to the family of shock G legend. But you know what? Let's, um, you know, it's very sad, obviously, and it, he could have had more life, right? But let's also look at it this way. It's like this man has lived his life to the fullest, right? He, he achieved everything he needed to achieve in his 20s, 30s, you know, 57. Yeah, you're young, but you're also getting, you're also older, you know, you're also getting older. And though it's sad, you know, because, you know, I got a grandfather who lives, he's living, he's, he's 99, he's turning 100 in September. And I got no doubt he's going to reach that. Um, you know, you could be like that, but that's also a really long time. That's also a really long time to live, you know. Um, and at a certain point, it's just, you know, it seems like, Living is almost just a burden at a certain point. That's what it. That's what it seems like to me, right? Not now, not when you're young, not in your fifties or sixties, but you know, you make it to my great grand. My, I keep calling him my great grandfather, but he's literally he's my grandfather, right? He's my grandfather. He's ninety nine. My mom's my mom's dad. He's outlived all our great grandfathers. Um, yeah, he's, uh, you know, he's especially something else. And he's all there, but, you know, your body breaks down so much, dude. You know, his body's still healthy and everything, but he's got a 99-year-old body. All right? This man is just, he's living on pure will, right? He's living on pure will is what it is. Uh, he's still a strong guy. You, gotta, you, you just got to yell at him when you're talking to him. And his eyes are 99-year-old eyes, bro. <laughs> you know, I'm 27. I'm blind as fuck. I cannot imagine how his eyes are. You know, it just seems like at a certain point after living so long, it's... That's why he always jokes about it with me. He knows I have that sense of humor, which is awesome. You know, with other with others, it's like they might take him seriously. Like with my mom when he's like, I just want to fucking... He's like, where's death, right? Where I could die tomorrow. This is, this is, I'm bored, you know? And my mom's like, stop. He doesn't mean that and this and that. And I'm like, he means it. For sure he means it. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's at home. He's at home. Uh, his, his kids are always taking care of him, right? And his kids are, you know, you know his kids are grandparents, right? <laughs> His fucking kids are grandparents at this point, and they're taking care of him. And you know, they don't you don't really have to take care of him, but you have to because it's like he can't see too well, he can't hear too well. He, you know, he might drop things, he might he might hurt himself by accident. So they watch him like that. Um, but he just sits in the corner watching his TVs, either watching baseball or boxing or some crazy ass fucking show. 
and he's just got the headphones on and he's just he's in his own world right he's just chilling all day he's hopped up on fucking xanax um because he's you know like me i think i definitely probably got a lot of anxiety from him too and and shit like that because he has certain anxieties and um you know, at a certain point, it's like my mom and my my aunt and everything. They all they they got him prescribed the Xanax and to calm him down and keep him chill and shit. Because if not, he'd be bouncing off the walls, man. He was like, he's just something else, dude. It's crazy. It's crazy. What I want to be, but then I think about this too. I'm sorry, I'm going on my rants. Then I think about it like this too. It's like, you know. 99, it does seem like a lot. It seems like a long existence. Um, But 99 for us? Like, dude, when I'm 99, I'm 27 now. So that would be 72 years. Right? 72 years. That's how old he was when I was born. Um, So 72 years till I'm 99. Um, That's going to be 2093. What the fuck? Think about the world in 2093. All right? Think about the fucking world in 2093. That's why I'm thinking, all right, maybe maybe for our generation, it might be a little cooler to be older, if it's possible, and live till 100, just to see. Just to see. Dude, he's about to reach a century. He's been alive for a century. That's so fascinating to me. It, he went from... He went from no air conditioning, walking to work, working on a fucking sugarcane plantation, you know, in his young days, to now as an old man chilling in front of a TV with a fucking headset on with AC blasting, you know, whole different, just a lot of changes, bro. A lot of changes. You know, now I get why he was so afraid of flying because flying was practically invented when he was a kid. <laughs> flying was practically invented. Um, all right, we're going to do one more. Well, don't forget, Mortal Kombat, that shit is out on HBO now. Go check that shit out. You could also go watch it in the movie theaters. I like to go to the drive-in movie theaters. If you guys don't fucking do that, come on. American pastime. Take your girl, or your if you're gay, take your fucking little boyfriend to <laughs> to the drive-in. You're gonna have a great time. All right. There's one in uh, Sunrise. There's one in Lake Worth. It's just way better. It's cheaper tickets. You drive your fucking car there. You can burn it down. You can do whatever you want in there. There's a little guy riding around his fucking golf cart, and he's giving you, you know, you can buy popcorn or this or that from the guy, and it's a good time. All right, and if you want, you can fucking skirt out of there, hop over, drive over to another movie, watch a couple movies, right? Get it out of the way. Um, so yeah, Mortal Kombat. Never watched the first one when I was a kid, but yeah, twenty twenty one, the CGI is gonna be fucking incredible. Um, all right, the last thing we're gonna end on: American Honey still contains nuclear fallout from the nineteen fifties. So this has kind of been popping up on my on my feed for a little bit. Um, so 
It's more important. This is on popularmechanics.com. Looks like a science website. It's po- uh, important to note that the levels are not high enough to be harmful, say the scientists from the College of William and Mary. But how is radioactivity still lingering in honey production after 60 plus years? Well, it just goes to show you how fucking how uh, horrible radioactive fucking shit is. Key ingredients um, is called radiocism. Radioactive cesium is a a fission product uh, thrown off hundreds of nuclear weapons test blasts from the global superpowers, including the U.S. during the 1950s and 60s. The isotope radioactive half-life is 30 years, meaning the worst of the radiation from these specific test blasts is well behind us. You know what it is, man? Humans humans think we know. You don't fucking know, dick. All right? You think you know? You don't know shit. Scientists, you think you know, but it's all theory. Yeah, we theorized that it would probably last a 30-year lifespan. 60 years later, we got fucking... <laughs> 70 years later, really. It's really 70 years. Dude, humans, it's so, you know what I find so fucking funny about us, man, is that we're, we just don't want to blame ourselves for nothing, bro. We don't want to blame ourselves. And you know what? Yeah, we had uh, some radioactive shit we were dumping and fucking bombs we were exploding out in the Midwest. And it looks like now the bees have somehow gathered enough fucking radioactive that now it's like all in their fucking honey. You know, why? We're just fucking crazy, bro. Honey not only picks up the local plant's chemical composition, but it magnifies it because of the mechanism of how honey is made, say the scientists. Bees consume nectar, and like the people who turn maple sap into syrup, concentrate the nectar so it's up to five times thicker. What's left has even more of the local chemical composition. Why do the levels spike in the southeast? Blame the geological nature of the region. There's less readily available potassium because of the way rocks and soil are arranged. That means plants in the southeast grab more of whatever is around that seems like potassium, including including radiocesium. That's because those little fucking, uh, those little plants are like me and we can't read too well. So we're just, anything that ends in em, we're going to take it. Potassium, we're going to take that. Radio cesium. We're going to take that. Um, Will and Mary scientists discovered this by accident when grad students fought back samples of uh, local foods from spring break destinations and around the eastern U.S. to test for radio cesium, according to the science. When one student's local honey contained cesium levels 100 times higher than the other foods, the scientists dug its honey, dug into honey's radioactive link. Yeah, you know, when are we going to realize that, or maybe humans have realized it, but I, I, you know, dude, how can we be so fucking, (laughs) it blows my mind that we're so damaging 
to the fucking world, bro. No matter how good we try to do things. As a whole, as a collective, we seem to kind of fuck shit up a little bit too much. (coughs) And this is me trying to pick out good news, all right? This is me trying to pick out more interesting kind of good news. News is just overall mostly negative. I can't even stand it. Um, Let's just try to do better as a people. You know, um, showing that Derek Chavon is guilty. That's doing good, people. That's doing good, right? But now we got to keep that going. Right. What about the three other fucks that were around him? What are they going to get? It's tough. It's tough. Let's just try to be better, people. That's all I can say. All right. Thanks for tuning into the Risk Report. Um, having a lot of fun doing this. We're going to get some people in here. I know that's going to be a good time, too. All right. Shout out to everybody that's checking out this podcast from all over the place, right? I'm seeing new fucking places all the time, all the fucking time. So, you know, a lot of places, you know, maybe you guys speak English, maybe you understand me, or maybe you're just fucking tuning in out of nowhere. That's that's fantastic either way. But shout out to everybody tuning in, all right? This has been The Risk Report, episode number 40. I'll see you on the next one, everybody. Peace and love. For this moment, all my life I was lost where it was dark, now I see the light You can be what you want, yeah, don't waste your time But you could die twice Once inside Maybe lose your mind I can shake my life Walk against the tide I don't hide with lies I face the truth Look it right in the eye Now thanks to you I got an angel on my side yeah, always underdog, but somehow I'm above the law. Call my lawyer, get the cases off. Now it's all about the paper dog. I'm taking strange drugs, wouldn't even strange abroad. I live for danger, dog. You see, I'm bad to the bone, mapping out a path to the throne. Mastering my own, chasing cash till I'm in a catacomb. Made a granite stone, known to stand alone. I'm the vagabond who packs the bone till I'm coughing out songs. If you a fan, don't be coming off strong. I'm just a man whose demeanor is calm. Closed out to 
to the lines that I've drawn. I burn trees like US Vietnam. I'm a true MC, dog. Don't test me at all. I punch lines with the hook right to your jaw till you crash in the floor. Patience is thin, but my purpose is long. So you know I'm always working towards more. I've been waiting for this moment all my life. I'm still grounded, keeping an eye for undercovers. Never stutter when it comes to the rapping. I'm a pro and I learned it through action. Now I'm making it happen. Face facts, lace tracks with the path that I'm mapping. Tune to the moon, celestial tapping. Going for the treasure, slaying the dragon. Yeah. I've been waiting for this moment all my life. Once inside, make you lose your 